It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, September 29th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. A proposal to build a new seaplane base in Sitka is 20 years in the making and seemed to be gathering steam before the pandemic. But some fresh community opposition last year and a significantly higher cost estimate this year are proving to be major setbacks. The Sitka Assembly recently heard an update on the project. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. The existing seaplane base is over half a century old. It was damaged by a storm in 2016 and has other problems, according to the city's public works director, Michael Harmon. Woefully undersized for the needs that are projected in the, in the business case studies that have been done. Um, I think you're aware it's at the end of its um, functional life. We've done some emergency repairs to it to keep it afloat. Um, even those repairs will soon be coming to the end of their design life. Harmon said the existing seaplane base's location isn't ideal for an expansion that would meet Sitka's future needs. In 2019, the Assembly scored around $800,000 in federal grant funding to study the environmental impact of constructing a new seaplane base at the north end of Japonski Island on uplands adjacent to Mount Edgecombe High School. Harmon said the Department of Education's commitment to selling that property to the city kicked the project back into high gear last year. We made it a high legislative priority and lobbied the state to participate in selling the uplands that allowed the the project to get off dead center, so to speak, over all the years and really elevated into a moving forward project with the federal funding. In 2021, the FAA's study found that developing the base would have no significant environmental impact to the area. So the assembly adopted a resolution to support it. At the time, the project was estimated to cost around $15 million, with the plan to fund most of it with federal grants, including the land purchase. Really solidifying the location and to move forward into the design phase of the project, which that was a large commitment on the FAA funding side. Once you do that, you're committing to build um, some sort of project or you're at risk of needing to pay back any funds that we've spent in those phases. But the city was seeing some community pushback around the proposed location. In September of 2021, the Sitka Tribe of Alaska sent a letter to the state and the FAA citing concerns about the location and impacts on marine life, like spawning herring, as well as on patients at the nearby Mount Edgecombe Medical Center. And supporters and staff from Ravensway, a residential substance treatment program for teens, spoke against the proposed location at assembly and school board meetings. This is Ravensway Director Annette Becker addressing the assembly last year. This will have significant negative impacts on the ability to provide necessary, effective, and beneficial treatment services for youth and their families. An increase in seaplane noise, foot, and vehicle traffic related to seaplane operations is expected. My concerns include significant interruptions in academic instruction and psychotherapy services. I urge the city to move the proposed seaplane base to an alternative location um, that has been identified. Because of the feedback, Harmon said that the FAA is circling back to its initial review and may require additional mitigations around the project. 
He said that pushes the city's timeline back by about a year, with construction finishing in 2025. Right now, the budget stands at around $34 million, more than double what Public Works projected last year. Harmon said that's due to the increased scope of the project, more accurate funding estimates, as well as historic national inflation levels. He estimated that the city would only have to contribute around $2 million in matching funds, but also said city staff would work on a scaled-back design to present to the Assembly at a future meeting. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis did not necessarily see the increased costs as a deal-breaker. Um, $34 million is quite different than $15 million. Um, however, with such a small match, I think a, a business case can be made on that side as well. It'll be an interesting discussion for sure. While waiting for the FAA to conclude its environmental reassessment, Harmon said the city can take its own next steps, securing the land. They negotiated the purchase price with the state last year, just shy of $800,000. But if the city doesn't acquire the land before the end of the year, the Department of Education can renegotiate the purchase price. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Southeast Alaska's wolves tend to favor deer and moose at mealtime, but in a pinch, they won't say no to black bear or even sea otter. A study, now in its eighth year, has found a remarkably diverse diet among the region's wolf population. Although scientists use GPS collaring and other technology in their work, many of their conclusions are drawn from a large and growing collection of scat. Coast Alaska's Angela Denning reports. Petersburg has had a small pack of wolves hanging around the outskirts of town this year. Several residents have zoomed in with their cell phones to capture individual wolves here and there. On social media, a few people said the wolves were stalking them. Others revere the sightings. Biologists have seen the pack on game cameras and think it's a pair with three yearling pups. Anybody been lucky enough to see the wolves have been hanging out behind the airport? That's Frank Robbins, the area management biologist for the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, speaking at a public presentation in August. This Mitkoff Island pack is part of a gray wolf subspecies known as the Alexander Archipelago wolf. They're specific to southeast Alaska and tend to be smaller and darker in color than their mainland counterparts. Robbins and other biologists hope this close-to-town pack is an opportunity to learn more about local wolves. They've successfully collared a black male in the pack and hope to get others. They use padded spring traps that capture the wolf by the foot. Uh, We'll have signs up like that anywhere where we would put a trap. Of course, we won't put a trap anywhere near where folks are out walking their dogs or where people are likely to encounter a set. The collaring project near Petersburg is part of a much larger study in Southeast, led by wolf biologist Gretchen Roffler. She's been studying wolves in the region for eight years to find out their eating habits and range. Southeast Alaska, it's a very large and diverse landscape with different prey combinations available on these island groups and on the mainland. So, for example, some islands have deer as the primary prey, whereas others have both deer and goats or deer and moose. To gather data, they've collared wolves from five different wolf packs. In the process, they collect information like age, weight, and if the wolf is one of the reproductive pair of the pack. They also take blood and hair samples for studying genetics and diseases. Then they wait. If the wolves hang out in a certain location for more than a few hours, it could be a kill site. And then the scientists move in. So we're traveling... To these sites by all possible means, by hiking on foot, by skiff, 
um, by kayak. Sometimes we use helicopters to get close to the sites and then hike in. And once we're there, we scour the ground to look for prey carcasses or parts of the carcasses. They've studied over 200 sites so far and learned that heavy snowfall is good for wolves. It slows down prey and the wolves scavenge moose that have starved. Wolves also eat seasonally, sometimes focusing on salmon in streams during the summer. But hooved animals are their favorite. Wolves really tend to focus on the ungulates that they have available in their area, you know, be it deer or moose or goats. And they found that southeast wolves have dozens of alternative prey species. Roffler and her helpers are also collecting wolf scat, lots of it, over 2,000 samples. And with that, they've identified over 60 different prey species. Combining those findings with the kill sites, they've learned that wolves eat beaver, porcupine, marmot, adult black bear, brown bear cubs, even invertebrates off the beach. This alternative prey varies by location. So in places like Prince of Wales Island, wolves consumed beaver and black bear. On Kuyu Island, wolves also consumed black bear. And then we have places like Gus Davis and Pleasant Island that are close to protected areas like Glacier Bay National Park. And they are consuming sea otters. That's right, sea otters. So far, I have found 31 sea otter carcasses killed by wolves. Roffler is working on publishing a paper based on these sea otter hunts, which she's personally observed. The southeast wolves have been surrounded by debate in recent years, with some environmental groups seeking federal protection of the subspecies and some local hunters seeking more harvest of the wolves for eating too many deer. Roffler says she tries to stay away from the controversy and is just interested in the science. Reporting in Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at the weather for Sitka for today, Thursday, September 29th, 2022. Today, rain. Rain could be heavy at times. High near 58. South wind around 15 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 100%. Tonight, rain, mainly before 4 a.m. The rain could be heavy at times. Low around 52. South wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Becoming southwest after midnight. Chance of precipitation is 100%. You're tuned in to your community radio station, Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Good morning. This is morning.